are starting a few minutes early tonight. Mitch is a busy, busy guy. What's going on, Mitch? What's going on, dude? Like, just so everyone knows, I'm more than likely going to have to bail for a phone call here soon. And then, like, I have a hard out here in 50 minutes to where I have to go to, like, a parents' meeting for my kids' football. So, it's busy times out here in Dynasty Theory land. Yeah, well, we're not going to mess around. Uh, I got to turn it over to Dan because Dan said he had something he wanted to do here for the intro. You know, I always, you know, like my toys and having fun. And, you know, JB's got me all motivated with that spruced up background, all these new collectibles in there. Well, I wanted to show off one of mine tonight, man. Live, first time introduced, new collectible, rare, one of one. You can only find it here. A new Coach Dan Funko Pop. <laughs> Look at that, okay. man. That's amazing. How did you get that? One of one. They they created a new um pop yours pop yourself collection where you could create your own funko so guys you might want to get creative I might have to pop myself i've got the, the coach dan funko you know i've got my football in my hand my football jersey i got my duncan coffee i got this little puppy that looks like something i had when i was a kid a little chihuahua man i'm ready to roll man one of one i might put it on ebay we'll see i i mean can we start the bidding at i don't know is a thousand dollars enough will that get it for me all right well Mitch already said he doesn't have much time to waste here. So we kind of left this open to our discord today over the last few days, I should say. And there were some topics that were thrown at us. And just for lack of a better title, we went with dynasty fantasy football mailbag because it is just a collection of this and that. But the NFL kind of did part of the work for us. Today was cut day, right? Dan, was there anything that kind of surprised you today and not just surprised you, but for obviously dynasty fantasy football purposes? You know, we've been following the cuts really closely, you know, just looking at the bottom of our rosters part, just being a a fan of the Cowboys part, you know, along as we get into waivers, watching other people's moves. I don't know if there was any really major surprises that kind of blew up our discord by any means, but you know, I see, you know, Bam Knight got cut, and I was a little surprised by that move. I mean, we remember, you know, a year ago, I was on the Michael Carter kick, and he couldn't beat out Bam Knight. Now a year goes by, it's the same coaching staff, and all of a sudden, um, Bam Knight's, you know, collecting uh, unemployment here. So, you know, he'd be one of the cuts that, you know, maybe it's just a stylistic thing with Aaron Rodgers. He might like throwing a Michael Carter a little bit in a, in a real little role when, uh, Brees Hall or Dalvin's not on the field and Donovan Zonvin might have just been the odd man out. So he's a guy I'll kind of say, hey, we knew he could produce last year. We'll watch to see where he goes. Um, you know, other than that, there's some quarterbacks on the list that would only be team and situation specific. You know, Bailey Zappi probably surprised everybody a little bit because it was just, again, a year ago, he held his own in some NFL action and was, you know, keeping Mac Jones uncomfortable. So there's a young guy that produced at the NFL level. That's a little surprised, but most of the guys, JB, as you see in the notes, um, they're dead to me. Yeah. Mitch, uh, you're looking all studious and just ever so handsome over there with your glasses. I don't think I've ever seen you in glasses. I just got them about a week ago. Just my eyes aren't bad, but you know, you get old, you kind of just need a little bit. So I drive, you know, when it's dark and normally all I see is like 60 headlights coming towards me. Now I see like two. Because the glare's just gone now. So it's, thank, it's a lot better. Thank God I was the one that drove when we were in Canton. Without a doubt. Yes. <laughs> anyway, so you're looking at these cuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
any spin you want to put on it, any takeaways here with the guys that we saw get cut today. And then as you could expect, I have a little spiel that I'll be throwing at everyone. Oh, of course, of course. No, um, the Colt McCoy one did surprise me. I, I think we all knew it was going to happen, but I'm still surprising they went with the quarterbacks that are on the roster. And then just Melvin Gordon being cut was the one that I think actually has a real fantasy impact because like, even if he's terrible, if he was stealing snaps from J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards, that would worry me a little bit. But now in my mind, I know Justice Hill's still there, so maybe it is a still a three-headed committee. But I do still think that this just helps solidify J.K. Dobbins as like one less person to steal those touches from him. Yeah, the overall list that I wanted to just briefly cover, and some of these are maybe specifically running backs that I still have to clear off of my teams, but Zonovan Knight, Albert O, he was traded. So kind of cheating there a little bit. Colt McCoy, which you guys discussed, but with the Josh Dobbs acquisition, I think that certainly makes sense. Am I glitching? No, you're good. You're good now. There might've been a tiny glitch earlier, but it stopped. Man, I got to fit. Mitch was making fun of me today again about my internet connection. Anyway, Cole McCoy, Jamison Crowder, Miles Gaskin, Bailey Zappi, Malik Cunningham, Dwayne McBride, Corey Clement, Robbie Anderson, or chosen Malik Davis, Demetric Felton, Trey Sermon, Melvin Gordon, Hassan Haskins went to the IR. And then shortly after went to the commissioner's exempt list. Will Greer and then Kevin Harris and Ty Montgomery got released too. So the Patriots, they're going with that one quarterback build. Mm -hmm. They have Mm -hmm. no other quarterback on the roster outside of Mac Jones, even though a lot of people thought Malik Cunningham was going to come in and steal this thing, you know, uh, and and in running back, I, I, I honestly think trading away Pierre strong, cutting Kevin Harris, cutting Ty Montgomery. I kind of think it speaks to their Faith and belief in Zeke is their number two. Oh, I think so. So that for me is a big takeaway and I'm not necessarily advocating for going out and acquiring Zeke, but maybe he does give us a little bit of that uh, goal line upside and he's going to be involved in the passing game strictly because of his ability to block. He's still a good uh, running back and pass pro. So I know that's a, a big win for Dan right there. Let's see who else. I had somebody else here. Malik Davis gone. Not that he was necessarily a threat to Tony Pollard, but looking at that running back two situation and Dan, maybe you can speak to this a little bit better than I can, but I think it's all systems go from the running back two perspective with the, the combination of Rico and Deuce Vaughn, whether it's the ability to, to spell Tony Pollard on first and second down or the ability to work in on third down, you know, whether it's route participation or in the blocking game. Yeah, I was going to add to a little bit when you're talking about the Cowboys situation and really any of these situations, those in our discord that are like sickos like us. And, you know, I joke about being a Cowboys fan, but I could separate being a homer and watch those situations so closely where a week ago, maybe a little less, I traded Malik Davis for a fourth round pick because I was mm-hmm. able to see the writing on the wall. So, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely recommend, you know, those in the discord, when you're trying to look at those bottom of the roster decisions or move on to somebody or decide if someone on the waiver waiver wires better than your, your guy, when you get to the game three of the preseason, 
Deuce Vaughn wasn't playing anymore because Dallas saw everything they needed to see and knew he was going to be part of that rotation. Rico Dowdle didn't play anymore because they seen everything they need. And so they kind of made their mind up. And in that last game, it was Malik Davis versus Hunter Lukey. I, I may even be pronouncing his name wrong. He made the roster over Malik Davis. So if you really wanted to do a deep dive, that Hunter guy's the, the guy to get. I that, think that would have to be like a 14 or 16 team league. He was primarily a league. fullback in college, I believe, wasn't he? I believe so. He's got a fullback frame to him. He looks yeah. like that kind of guy. So we'll see if and how Dallas uses him or deploys him or if an injury happened or something. But it's definitely going to be after Tony Pollard, um, Rico Dowdle mainly, and then Deuce Vaughn's going to have a you know package in certain plays and, and could hit that explosive home run if you're desperate for a running back. And like Mitch mentioned, Melvin Gordon, I, again, I think that speaks to the quality of the depth there in Baltimore, not just J.K. Dobbins, but Justice Hill. Uh, you have Keaton Mitchell bringing up the rear there as the running back four, and Gus Edwards, as Mitch mentioned. But these are situations that I, I do think there are some dynasty implications, really from a shorter-term perspective, not so much with the names that were released, but maybe what that tells us about their respective backfields. I mentioned Dwayne McBride briefly before I, as I was cutting Dan off earlier, but I think that speaks to not just uh, his inability to really flash in the preseason being a, a seventh round pick this year, even though he had a productive collegiate career, uh, especially on the, the ground, not so much in the air, but Ty Chandler, I, I think that, that that kind of builds things for him. So as you can see, the, the guys I'm talking about, and it's going to be the final segment of the show tonight, talking about waiver wire acquisitions that we're looking to load up on before the regular season starts. It's guys that could solidify themselves, whether it's a murky backfield from top to bottom, or they're battling for that number two spot. It, maybe they're a, a change of pace back, or they're there to spell the starter. But there is that upside if we encounter an injury. And those are the types of guys that I'm looking to acquire and, and get cheap production from. Like Dwayne McBride going right now. You know, I, I know uh, Kenny I got his name right a couple weeks ago. The the He's mainly a return man in Minnesota. But if anything were to happen to Alexander Madison, I, you would know when to start Ty Chandler. Whereas if it's a wide receiver, there's still question marks. You don't really know how that's going to play out. Uh, before we move on, anything else on these cuts? JB, I got just, I, I think it's important thing that I'm hearing both of you mentioned. We're getting a lot of answers by these cuts. We're getting, if you look at the Vikings, I'm even higher on Alexander Madison because I don't really think Ty Chandler, that Kenya guy, is going to dip into anything much. I think he's in for a big workload season. But hey, that now tells us Ty Chandler's the handcuff guy. Kenya's the, you know, dart throw if, if an injury or something happens. But I wouldn't, you know, teams will also self sign free agents and trade before going to some of these guys. And then it also tells us when you look at our rankings that Dwayne McBride's dead. You know what I mean? Like he's dead to us. I, I apologize, Dwayne out there. I hope you have a good career. But from a fantasy perspective, like there's no use. A Melvin Gordon, to me, that tells me I'm writing Melvin off completely. Kind of probably already did last year. But I'm like, hey, maybe he had some fumbles last year. Denver just got, you know, disgusted with that. Maybe he could be reborn in Baltimore. But when guys get cut too many times, it's time to cut, you know, ties completely. And Keaton Mitchell, from a dynasty perspective, he flashed in that preseason. The DFS sicko and me, Mitch knows. You know, I'm like, ooh, Keaton Mitchell. I had him a couple of times, and, and he was an athletic dude. So from a dynasty perspective, he's now a, a better stash. 
I don't want to say go back to a previous episode because Mitch knows I don't bring up old takes unless nope. it's a good one. Never. I yeah. hear your Keaton Mitchell take. I hear it. I, I hear it. it. Except it, it, for this it, one. But no, listen, I don't bring up bad takes from, from you guys. I try not to. Mitch Mitch just airs out my dirty laundry like he has the the clothes hanging out in the backyard, you know, getting Waving that terrible towel, him. man. I know, I know. Uh, but yeah, I talked about Keaton Mitchell, what? five and a half months ago leading up to the combine <laughs> saying that he was going to be somebody that popped off a little bit. And he really flashed with that 40 speed, but that this is a good sign for him. And so if you're really looking to lock down a team's running back four, all right, that's Keaton Mitchell. Zonovan Knight. That's the only one of these guys that was cut that I still think not necessarily high end production anywhere. And it doesn't bode well for him. The fact that he was cut, but I think Zonovan Knight could be one of my guys. He might be my Wayne Gallman this year. Somebody asked that in the Discord. Hey, do we have a Dynasty Theory Wayne Gallman or Tony Jones this year? I think it could be Zonovan. I'm sorry, but only in <laughs> Dynasty do we care about any of these players. Like, think if you were talking about redraft for this year, like you want to compete this year, be like, look. I really think this Dwayne McBride cut, this is exactly what he needs to produce. <laughs> Alberto, no, all of a sudden he is draftable now because he was cut. Like, honestly, when it comes to a lot of these guys, I don't want to waste any of my budget dollars allocated to any of these guys. Because I think when they do actually get picked up, they'll probably still be on waivers. And if not, there's going to be someone else to be picked off, off waivers in the future that I know is actually going to be used on the field at that point in time. Because John, one thing that I'm actually going to keep count on this year, just, I want everybody to know this. One of John's favorite things that when week one, there's an injury, it's use all of your fab on this player. <laughs> then week two, it's no use all of your fab on this player. Each week we have these guys that we could use all of our fab on. I'm just waiting for a guy that I can be like, well, Hey, this one might see the field because I don't think any of these guys are good enough to really even see the field in the first place. Hey, a couple of years ago, Miles Gaskin was my guy. And then he had a few games. He had a few games, but no, I'm not saying go out and pick any of these guys up. I'm certainly not advocating for that. I said, and Mitch is too busy thinking about work and, and uh, I am with his son's doubt. football. He's got a busy night tonight. I, I it always throws me off that it's still only seven Oh three over there, really? but I, I'm saying Zonovan Knight's the only one that I'm not dropping necessarily talking about, especially all those running backs that we ran through, but we have a lot still to get through. So let's move on here. And this is the big ticket item. Mm -hmm. We should have mm -hmm. led with this because God knows that we could have spent who knows how long we could have, spent talking about these cuts we might have missed the meat of the show here but jonathan taylor mitch he is still on the pop they did not activate him they did not trade him apparently there were two teams that were really coming in strong neither of those teams were able to get the deal done jonathan taylor remains in indianapolis he's out for at least the first four weeks and i want to revisit the way i said that because i said at least four weeks so mitch Jonathan Taylor, Dynasty Impact. Dude, I'm not, I haven't moved him at all. Like I said in the Discord a week ago, I didn't think he was going to get traded. I think it was too hard to work out a contract that worked, and the Colts were going to ask for at least a first-round pick, right? They weren't going to let him move for anything less than that. So I never saw a deal happening in the first place. I haven't changed JT's value at all. To me, 
I look at JT like I look at Brees Hall because they're kind of in the same tier of running backs, right? I'm not expecting Brees Hall to go out and be amazing the first four weeks of the season. I'm not expecting JT to even be on the team for the first four weeks because he's on pop, right? But when they come back, I fully know I could get their value at that point, whether JT is traded or not. I fully believe that I could get his value in four weeks. Like, I know this is redraft mode in Dynasty. Like, oh, put my week one lineup, you know, I just don't know who I'm going to put in. I could figure out a buy flex. You know, I could find a flex starter for that week. But for me, I haven't changed his value at all. As you saw some of the trade proposals we were talking about in the trade chat today, my value is not changing on him. I see there's absolutely no reason to sell low. If you're going to sell low on him, it's when they drafted Anthony Richardson and you were like, oh, hey, this probably isn't the best quarterback to mix with Jonathan Taylor. But in my view, his value hasn't changed in the last week, hasn't changed in the last month. I'm still all about getting him and I am willing to pay you know, the same price I would have a month ago for it. Cause I just don't think it's changed. Yeah, I don't know. Dan, bring him back down to earth. He, he's, he's taking the copium over there. He's coping over there. Mm. I mean, it's I'll, give Mitch, I'll give Mitch, I'll give Mitch some creds. Like when you look at like my just specific running back value, he may only drop a couple slots, nothing drastic. Like there's not a tier change of running back for Jonathan Taylor. I'd still love to have him. I think he's going to still have a great career and I'd love to have him. Reminds me a little bit of Saquon Barkley after, you know, his injuries and he lost a little lust for a little while, but man, we still remember that weapon Saquon. Then he gets healthy and bounces back and has a real nice year. But Mitch, where I disagree is when it comes draft time or trade time, like where he is losing out in the rankings is now I'm going to want to get that receiver before Jonathan Taylor, or I might just fade Jonathan Taylor and be happy sliding down a little bit and landing at Josh Jacobs or Mondre Stevenson, Tony Pollard, and just still being happy and not having to worry about four weeks without a running back when I want to compete right now. So, you know, I think overall value or value if you're drafting them or, you know, am I a little more likely maybe to possibly move them possibly, but you know, sounds like a good. lot not, of hedging not, there, Dan. That's a lot of way, but there's a, I, there's a lot of other directions I would go in, Mitch. I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, well, let's put the Clippers away. No more hedging, okay? Because I, there's no way you can look at me, or or Dan or anybody else. I'm looking at you, Mitch. I'm Are you? I don't you. know where you're looking, to be honest, right now. Wait, this way. I'm looking at yeah. you. I get, I get, <laughs> I get it. Yeah. Right? Yeah that he his value was not negatively impacted based on what happened today. Now, why, why now would it be me, negatively impacted? We, it is locked and loaded now that he is out the first four weeks. Okay. But before today, you, you, that was not definitely the case. No. Okay. okay. So All if right. we see a four-week injury, first weeks of the season, to where it's very, the first four weeks of the season, it's very can, easy to fill a starting lineup. So we are going to dock one of the best five running backs in the league over a four-week little period here. I think that's a bunch of nonsense. I said, to start the segment off, Mm -hmm. that I I said at least four weeks, and I want to circle back to that. I think this is going to last a lot longer than four weeks. I think week five, six, seven, eight, nine is going to roll around, and Jonathan Taylor is still not going to be on that field for the Indianapolis Colts. That's a concern, which to me says his value did drop today because there's a lot of uncertainty. Okay. If you have Jonathan Taylor on your teams, what are you moving him for today compared to yesterday? 
Well, don't steal my rapid fire segment. Oh, well, you see, I was just saying, like, if you actually are willing to, I'm not saying like you're not, you want to pay less, less for him. Sure. Okay. Whatever. If he's actually on your team, are you willing to take a hit in value just to move him over this four week sample? And I'm not fact is because there's not a lot of running backs in the league that I like in the first place. Uh, this was actually, it was a point that came up about a month ago. We had somebody in the chat, Corey, that was trying to potentially buy low on Jonathan Taylor at the time. And he came into the chat and he said, Hey, would you offer T Higgins for Jonathan Taylor? At that time I said, I would not offer my T Higgins to acquire Jonathan Taylor. And I certainly still would not. I I would absolutely today, as we sit here on August 29th, I would move Jonathan Taylor for Alave, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Garrett Wilson, certainly well, Devontae Smith, Jalen Wallace, A.J. Brown, anyway. T. Higgins, Stephon Diggs, Tyree Kill, and Cooper Cup. I would get him off my roster for all of them. All And those, all three of those last guys that I mentioned, they're currently valued lower than Jonathan Taylor before this news broke. Give me one minute. I don't agree with all of them because there's a couple of declining assets you could put in there, JB, that I don't want to regret this trade one year from now. But, okay. but, but this is the thing. This is Hold on. This is the thing. You're dealing with the running back position. You're not dealing like a situation where you moved off of a higher-end quarterback that was injured or a higher-end wide receiver that was injured, but he had the insulated value. This is the most volatile position. So if I have to hedge off of this to get yeah. away from the sticky situation, and guess what? If he doesn't play this year, he's under contract again next year. Let's talk about our most recent Dynasty Theory startup. I think that's a pretty good group of people to look at. Jonathan Taylor went at the 404. So before him, wide receiver rise was Christian Watson, Drake London, T. Higgins, DK Metcalf. They all went higher than him anyways. So, I mean, you're looking at Jerry Judy, Jordan Addison, Devontae Adams, Brennan Ayuk, DJ Moore is the wide receivers that went behind him. Like, I know that's what the values say, like, outside of there. But I've already seen in the first place, Jonathan Taylor didn't have that high of a value to begin with. Like, I would take T. Higgins for Jonathan Taylor, too. But I would have done that two months ago as well. Hold on. I'm still trying to figure out how to pull up the draft. I would tell you, but I looked down the name. (laughs) But but that that recent draft, though, Mitch, you have information that says, hey, I'm going to go a different direction and run it back so I can still protect myself there and get those receivers first. When I know I have a healthy Jonathan Taylor and a playing Jonathan Taylor, I'm not going that route. I want Jonathan Taylor on my team. So that's where some of those guys, I I would just say, but be careful. Now for context, he he went running back seven still. All right. So yes, it was the what four or no, I'm sorry. Running back six Gibbs hall. Wait, can I count tonight? Running back five. Yeah, I wasn't counting that high, to be honest. I just saw where he went. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, uh, B. John Robinson, Gibbs, Brees Hall, Christian McCaffrey are the only ones that went ahead of Jonathan Taylor at the time. So, the I, I do think it's a little uh, skewed and misleading to say, well, he went in the fourth round, JB. But as Did you he can not see, go in the fourth round? Okay. Can I finish? Listen, I haven't been able to talk to you guys for two weeks. You know when I take a week off. You've only had the previous 20 minutes of this show. I mean, it's all pent you up, can man. have it's 25 all pent if up. you He's... want. 
Listen, I've been all hopped up on pristine auction over here, okay? <laughs> uh, but running back five, I, I think we continue to see a slide there. I think we see that six, seven, eight. Um, I, I, I'll be, I dropped him down a tier. Okay. There was a pause. I wasn't sure what was happening over there. Uh, like him going running back five supports what Mitch said, where his value didn't change again as a running back, but it did change where you're taking those receivers before him. But that, that was what that was. How many, how many weeks ago was the fourth one of that draft? Um, three, probably I'd guess. Okay. If there was a startup that's that's let's say there's a startup right now, I guarantee you he goes later than that fourth round. Knowing that he's out at least four weeks, I guarantee it. Yeah, I think he drops another round because of the, the timing. I, I just don't know how we can sit here and say before when he might not be on pop, when there was the thought that maybe he gets traded, that he gets an extension. That was all on people's minds as a possibility. Now, but that's off the table. Him playing all, uh, you know, 17 games, that's off the table. Well, look, I might just be lying here. Maybe we'll go with this rapid fire, and maybe I won't take JT in one of them. And so then maybe I'll just have to, you know, be like, you know, my bad. All right. Well, let's let's go rapid fire. Uh, just to keep it very quick and consistent, we're going to go Dan Mitch, Dan Mitch all the way through. Yeah. I am going to name a player, and you just say, yes, you will take him over Jonathan Taylor, or no, you will not take him over Jonathan Taylor. Yes, you want the player I name. No, you want JT, okay? Dan, we're going to start with quarterbacks. And bear with me for a sec. Patrick Mahomes. Mahomes. Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Hurts. Hurts. Herbert. Herbert. Jackson. Jackson. Burrow. Burrow. Fields. Fields. Lawrence. Lawrence. Tyler. Who? Tyler. He's not in this tier, JB. Get him out of there. Why would you even ask me that and insult me? There's no Kyler Murley. Jonathan Taylor by a oh. landslide. Wait, first of all, nobody Kyler said Murray. Kyler I mean, was in that tier of quarterbacks. Uh, well, you just named him with all those great names. That just, I heard Mahomes and Kyler threw, in the same sentence there. <laughs> right, right, Mitch, uh, right? Dan Tua. Now it gets a little hard. Rapid. Tua. Dak. Dak. Deshaun Watson. Jonathan Taylor. Anthony Richardson. Jonathan Taylor. Shroud. Jonathan Taylor. Bryce Young. Jonathan Taylor. All right. So, Mitch, is it Hold fair on. to say then? And I, I got messed- every quarterback I would take over him except for Stroud and uh, Kyler. I, okay. So, 13 quarterbacks for Mitch. And I think that was 11 for Dan. All right. And I butchered this. So we're just going to continue that same. I was going to say yes, but it's okay. It's all right. That's all right. All right. Dan, Mitch, Dan, Mitch. Let's get it right this time. And that's on me. All right. Dan, Bijan. Bijan. Yes. Thank you, Mitch. Gibbs. Gibbs. Yes. McCaffrey. McCaffrey. Yes. Hall. Hall. Yes. Close though, very close. Yep. Eckler. Eckler. Yes. Barkley. Barkley. Yes. Jacobs. Taylor. No. And then any reason to mention Pollard, Chubb, Walker, ETN? Nope. 
Okay, that is no. All right. Justin Jefferson. JJ. Yep. Chase. Chase. Yep. Olave. Olave. Yep. And Brown. Brown. He should be higher, but yep. Garrett Wilson. Wilson. Yep. Devontae Smith. He's an eagle. I might just say Jonathan Taylor to not root for another eagle. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's close. It's very close. I'm going to go with Taylor, though, just to be stubborn, but it's close. Jalen Waddle. Waddle. Yep. TD Lamb. Lamb by landslide. Oh, yeah. You might say it's by a lamb slide. Or sorry, was that a bad pun? Uh, AJ, AJ Brown. AJ Brown by landslide. Yep. T Higgins. Higgins. Yep. Higgs. Taylor. Yep. Tyreek. I'm going to go Tyreek. Nope. Cooper it's close, though. JT. Nope. Drake London. London. Yep. DK Metcalf. Metcalf. Yep. Devontae Adams. JT. Nope, for all the rest of them. ASN, Addison. Okay. And then two PPR for tight ends. Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, Kyle Pitts. Is that a clean sweep? Yep. Yeah. Hawkinson? Nope. JT. So just those three? Yep. All right. So we got about three, 13, four, let's say 16, 6, 22. I'll trade JT for a running back close and a pick to get Kincaid later. Yeah, I think I think we'll see some interesting pivots where it's Jonathan Taylor for a running back plus. I, I really think a lot of managers, I do I do believe a lot of managers are gonna remain stubborn. Not to say that Mitch is ever stubborn. No, never been in my life. But I do believe that a lot of people are gonna kind of hold firm on his value that it was previously, even though now overall there's gonna be a slight dip. I know some people don't believe that. I won't name names. Uh but uh, any value in the remaining running backs there in Deion Jackson, Zach Moss, Evan Hall, or is it just too messy? Yeah, I mean, it, there are rosters I think that we experience every year where you get desperate for running backs and you're going to follow that Colts storyline and probably take whoever the hot hand is. I mean, you know, is it Deion Jackson? But it would only be to help manage a roster in the current moment. You get any one of them off me in a heartbeat, and I don't really want any of them on my rosters. Agreed. Completely agree. Yeah, it's, you know, doesn't it feel, I, I was thinking about this today uh, on my my ride home from work. Doesn't it feel a little bit that, like, the Colts are, without Jonathan Taylor, the poor man's version of the Chicago Bears offensively a little bit? You have the Russian quarterback, Anthony Richardson, Justin Fields. You have a three-headed committee at running back, presumably, where, you know, obviously a lower, lower tier in the trio of Deion Jackson, Evan Hall, and Zach Moss. You have two receivers, really, uh, that, that that could make an impact. It, 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 it kind of has a similar feel. But with this offense in Indianapolis, you have a quarterback that's going to run the ball. He's going to steal a lot of goal line work. Mm -hmm. And... You know, there might not saw, be a lot of goal line work in the first place. <laughs> I was just going to say how much touchdown upside is really going to be there. I don't know that it's going to be all that much. I don't think that a lot of people believe that. So you have three running backs and we saw with Deion Jackson last year, he had some, some 
a high score in games, but it was because he had a lot of touches. Mm-hmm. Is he going to have that opportunity? I, I think Zach Moss is going to get the first crack at first and second down work whenever he is healthy. And then you have Deion Jackson and Evan Hall that could be involved in the passing game. But again, how much work are they going to get in an Anthony Richardson led offense? I'll say this. If you're planning for week one and let's say you have Jonathan Taylor and you're scrambling and maybe you can't break that trade yet for a running back and you do need a Colts running back for week one or whatever to hold the over, knowing Zach Moss isn't ready and assuming he's still not going to be ready by looking at the preseason, they sat out Deion Jackson at the end and they still ran Evan Hall. So I think Deion Jackson's your guy you want right now today and he's going to get 15 plus touches. There's a good chance he, you know, again, Richardson may steal something off JB, but he could at least give you some points early. Yeah. I mean, I still think it's going to be a volume dependent situation. And you could say that for most running backs, you, we need the touches. Yes. But I don't know that he's going to give us enough of the high value touches. Like Mitch said in the red zone or in the passing game, that's really going to allow him to stand out over other options. All right. Well, uh, hopefully he comes back in four weeks. Hopefully we'll see how that plays out. I I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be an interesting situation. I'm very interested to see the trades that go down and we'll be keeping a close eye on that. I'm sure. All right. This was a fun topic here at this point in the off season. How are you approaching future draft picks from a selling perspective? You know, we have a lot of situations and scenarios that are discussed in the discord and we have people you know, they're, they're number one or number two on the dynasty daddy uh, trade, uh, not trade, uh, uh, league power rankings, brain fart there. And they don't know if they should continue to go all in and really solidify themselves over the first several weeks to get themselves in a situation where they can get a first or second round buy. Or once you hit a certain level, do you want to have those liquid assets and give yourself a situation? Uh, uh, opportunity my mind's moving a thousand miles an hour here guys i'm like what's that word again an opportunity to make a move later in the season mitch i want to start with you because most likely dan has no future picks yeah that's understandable it's fair so for me this is really easy i will not sell a future first in order to compete if i have to move that first in order to make my team hopefully good enough to compete. I don't think it's worth moving it because that team is already fragile in the first place. You're sure. Maybe you'll get in the money. Maybe you'll actually win, but odds are more than likely you're giving up a first and you're not going to finish in the money in the first place. If you're in one of those kind of uh, leagues. But if I have a team to where I feel pretty confident through dynasty daddy and just through my own um, looking at the league, if I feel like I won the top two, I'll move that pick at any point right now but I'm really looking to move it for a guy like Jonathan Taylor. I'm looking to move him for a guy to where I think his value could be a little depressed right now to where I have a good enough team to weather that storm and I can still use him in future years. Like I don't want to move my first right now for Devonte Adams because I know that that price is just dropping and dropping and dropping and dropping. It doesn't matter what my team is, but if I could get a decent running back like Jonathan Taylor right now and give up a first, and I know I'm going to have to add more to that but use that as the main piece in the deal for a team that's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to compete without Jonathan Taylor for four weeks, then I'll be more about it. 
Yeah, there are very few scenarios right now that I'm moving my future. And when you say future, we'll just stick with 24 first right. and, and as future draft capital. But there's very few situations where I am right now actively looking to move my first round pick next year. And there was one specifically I just got done a few days ago in a two PPR league. There were a lot of pieces to it, but it involved me getting Travis Kelsey, who I believe is the type of asset that if you have on your team, he wins you weeks mm -hmm. into PPR formats. So I was okay in that situation. We had a trade question earlier today and the value's fine, but uh, 24 first, presumably late because they are a, a stronger team for Brandon Ayuk. I mean, Brandon Ayuk's not necessarily going to be the guy to put you over the edge. Mm -hmm. So if you are a team that you believe you could be a first or second round by type calendar caliber, cal depending on the time in the calendar. Yeah, I get it. Yes. I get it. <laughs> Jeez, so man, I, I, I get. I'm just so excited to talk to you guys. Uh, caliber, holy moly! Um, you know, then that's a move you don't need to make. Now, if you're floating in the middle and you're like, okay, this is a move I could make that gets me in a playoff contention. That's a slippery slope, and you very well could be giving away that 103, 104, 105, and that's a scenario that we don't want to put ourselves in. So, I again. I don't know that there's many situations right now, just to reiterate, that I'd be looking to move that future 24 first. If it hasn't happened up to this point, you know, wait to see how the first few weeks play out. And then you open up the trade market in your league because now Dan and Mitch both thought they were competing. They're all they're owing four now, four weeks in. Because they have Jonathan Taylor on their team. And then they're owing five, oh and six, oh and seven, because he still hasn't come back and joined the Colts. Right, Mitch? Uh, but I, I would – that's my overall thought there. My teams don't go home for it, JB. See, I, <laughs> I think your your roster construction is a little more fragile, so you're being a little more cautious, and I respect that. Um, I, you know, I, I do try to be a little more prudent or, you know, conservative with my first, but, man, I, I am all game to, to trade them right now. But I would say there's kind of like a scale depending on my confidence in my roster. If I do know that it is a roster that – could not have the same luck it had, had a year ago. I'm less reluctant to save trade that first, unless I know it could definitely take me. I don't want to say over the top, but something that's going to help me contend and I'm not going to regret next year. So let's say I trade my first and my roster ends up 500 average, but I'm still getting a Drake London or someone that, you know what? It's going to be just as good as that mid first next year. Hey, I want the shot to win that prize money and still have an asset I'm comfortable in. Um, where I am being a little conservative, maybe I'll give one example. There's a league, you know, I love George Pickens. Um, I do want Pickens, but my roster is not like dominant. So I'm trying to squeeze a little bit more. If I don't get it, I'm going to hold on to that number one. Um, so so it, it really depends. But that's kind of my, my, my threshold. Yeah, there's so many trades that, that get posted in the Discord and it's like, the value is perfectly fine. Like if I yeah. saw that trade go down, you know, I, I wouldn't bat an eye. I wouldn't think twice about it, but just I looking love at your team and having those liquid assets when it's not a move, that's necessary. Like if you're able to package up and get a, a top eight to 10 quarterback, if you're able to get that Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews, uh, or you're able to get one of those wide receivers in the upper echelon. Again, like Mitch said, adding to that first, sure. 
But in a one-for-one swap, there's very few moves I think I'd be looking to make right now involving that pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that you mentioned Ayuk before because as a talent, I love that kid. He's young. He's talented. We're seeing the, you know, the improvement year to year. But I'm still, one, skeptical of Brock Purdy or Sam Darnold. And two, there's just so much volume to go around there that like I don't see a ceiling high enough to make me feel good about trading a, a first-round pick. So that won't happen. Um, would I love to get Ayuk? Yeah, hey, maybe a second and a player. But I, I'm not moving it first unless it was Ayuk plus. Yeah, I think you need to be looking at these trades, trade with a purpose, which can be very difficult for, I know, especially me, because I'm like, all right, I got to get some trade offers out there. But then kind of reeling myself back in and thinking, why am I looking to make this trade? Sometimes look myself in the mirror, give myself that little pep talk. And is there a reason behind it? What am I trying to accomplish? And I think answering those questions can go a long way in helping you figure out if you should be looking to pursue this trade or not. Any other thoughts? If you need running back, be extra careful because this, if this running back market hasn't taught us anything, it's, boy, those values change very quick. So if it's not one of those elite guys that are PPR machines that were the, hey, they're going to be on the field anyway because they're catching footballs, I'd be really careful. Let me ask both of you a really quick question. Let's say both these players are healthy for 17 games. Um, who outscores who, but is it enough of a difference for it to matter? And it's Brendan Ayuk and Adam Thielen. If they're both healthy, I I think the the difference. It, no, I think I let's say Ayuk outscores them. I think, but yeah. maybe it's a point. Two, I was going to say even two to four points per game. Very few games are decided by that differential. But Thielen, I mean, it's how long if he had his sixteen game season. No, we, and got in, in this scenario, we are guaranteed yes. he plays all seventeen. Yeah, yeah. He's still older than dust. We're yeah, not talking about giving... a trade. We're, we're not talking about a trade. Just hypothetically, Who's they play all the more? games. Yeah. Who scores more points, and is it enough of a difference? Because Adam look at Thielen, the yards after the catch for Ayuk, the well, big Adam twenty Thielen plus is like plays. a third round value, and Brandon Ayuk's a first round value. So I'm just saying, like you could get that those points in different ways without having to give up that future first. True. I, I guess if you're just going for points and you're not giving up much to get it and you don't, you're not going to give up that first to Ayuk. I see the rationale or that path to feeling who's Should on zero of my rosters and never better. will be. Mitch, I, I got it. I got Adam Thielen. I, I threw up in my mouth a little bit when he said Adam Thielen. I was, I was, a little, like, this is dynasty, you know, my love for slot show. wide receivers. It's going to be the Jonathan Mingo show before you know it. And, no, and I think that offense still has to overcome some struggles that it might have. And I like Hayden Hurst more than him, too. All right. We got eight minutes. Mitch, these non-glasses wears. Do you like how I put my glasses back when I say that? that. I they can't that. keep up with us. All right. Uh, glasses next all right. Show. Very quickly. Let's, let's give our listeners. This was a question that popped into the Discord. Some last-minute waiver ads. I wanted you guys to go through your leagues and actually find somebody that was on waivers in more than one league, not just a one-off. Dan. I think you have one hit me. Yeah, but it is really thin right now. And I know I saw that in the discord, you know, people still looking for waiver wires. You know, there's some average guys that, you know, I'm just going to keep an eye on. And if I think there's a time to pounce, but the only two guys that I would probably look at this week that I saw, maybe three, Joshua Dobbs is the one I'm intrigued by his situation. Cause I think he's going to be a starting quarterback or red, you know, they, they, he knows the system. He who's they, they wanted him, They got him. It seems like the plans are there for him. So just to have the value of the position after that, boys. Oh, my God. Um, 
deep rosters especially, but if we're just talking 12-team, I have some interest in Trent Sherfield just because he's in that Bills offense. There's been oh. some camp talk that he's running with the number ones. I mean, I'm talking the last roster spot. Mm-hmm. You made me name I, somebody. I even, That's how bad the waiver wire is, though. Listen, I, I Marcel Aitman all over again. I gave you guys 12-team super flex, two PPR for tight end, 28 players rostered. Trent Sherfield should not be in the top. He's on some rosters. He's not even on the waivers in some of my leagues, boys. The waiver wires are that bad, JB. <laughs> Is it you because know, he's on your roster already? On, on some, I leave him out there. On certain rosters, he is my last guy. You know, I'm going to wait to see how Buffalo uses him. Um, and then I think Kylan Granson, Jelani Woods' hamstrings worse than they talked about. He's the starting tight end for the Indianapolis Colts right now. So if you're desperate at tight end, I am seeing Granson on a few few waiver wires. Love but it. After those, man, it's, you know, hey, who's your dart throws? Mitch? No, you go ahead, John. I guarantee you I have one player written down. And I want, I'm pretty sure I could guarantee you that you don't have him on your list. Okay. Well, you've seen a lot of my guys because we co-managed and mm-hmm. I put claims in. Mm-hmm. And you said uh, earlier today, I don't think there's really anybody I'm putting claims in for. And I said, well, I just spent a couple hours putting claims in. <laughs> now, I started the show off. I kind of alluded to this a bit. Running backs that could win their running back two spot on their respective teams, that it would certainly take an injury to have an impact. So, Dan, let me say, I'm not adding these guys believing they are going to give me anything today. But if they ever get the opportunity to start, I can feel a heck of a lot more confident starting them instead of Trent Shurfield. Okay? If, Gabe, if Gabe Davis doesn't get hurt, Trent Shurfield can't be their number two, even though he was running with the starters in camp sometimes? No, because Kincaid and Dawson Knox would go into the two and three. James Cook would be the four. Uh, the popcorn guy in the seventh row, he'll be. But there's the- so much volume there that even if Kincaid is number two, which he will be because he's my dog, man. But Sherfield could have a role or an occasional splash game. Not that I want him or I'm advocating for him, but. Ugh. All right, so five yeah, minutes. Ahead, All right. Five minutes. Uh, still on waivers, not in that many leagues. I think it was about 10% of my. 12 teams, super flex, two PPR for tight end, 28 players rostered. But Rico Dowdle, the big Reek, Uncle Rico. And then all the, there. in most of my leagues, all right, Matt Breida, it's disgusting. Keyshawn Vaughn, Zach Moss, Justice Hill. These are guys that very well could be fighting for that number two spot. Again, outside of Zach Moss in at least the first four weeks, None of these guys are going to be leading their backfield in touches. Very well might not be the number two based on how things shake out. But these are the types of guys that I want on my bench. You are never going to start Trent Sherfield ever. There are situations that Justice Hill very well. J.K. Dobbins, if he's injured. Justice Hill in the preseason, he had more juice than Gus Edwards. You're right. I just think most of those guys are, are picked up. I'm not seeing those guys on my waiver wires. You know, like I have Matt Breed in the league because I have Barkley. I want that handcuff. I just if I, if I have Dobbins, I have Justice, Justice Hill. Hill today. Oh man, not like available. Look a little deeper. Here. I'm not, He's I'm out there. And then th- listen, there, there's three, and then Jaleel, the real yeah. deal, McLaughlin. All right. Oh God, no. I, I, I listen. I I actually have not put any claims in for him, but I don't want to be a hypocrite. If you're looking at situations with opportunities, I still think it's going to be Javante and Samaje. But if there is a possibility of a third guy to emerge, if there's a setback with, with Javante, if anything were happening to Samaje, 
Jaleel, who's I think five foot seven. He comes in. He could be a wrecking ball. Uh, you're going to see people talk about Jason Brownlee, Jake Bobo, and At Perry. I have At Perry on a few rosters, but the other the two wide receivers, uh, I pulled those off a sleeper list. That you see the plus sixty one thousand that added them. Don't add them. Don't waste your time. And then Albert O and two PPR. He's out there in a lot of leagues. If you happen to have a roster spot in my star studded running back room of Brita Vaughn Hill and Moss aren't available. Look at Albert. O. All right, Mitch, Jake Browning. He's never thrown a pass in the NFL, but there is a chance. He starts week one for the Bengals free. He free, free, free. So the funniest thing is I went to his stats. Cause I'm like, I know his name. Like, okay, he played for Washington. I remember Washington. that now. Yeah. He's never thrown a pass in the NFL, but he might end up being the starter week one if Burrow isn't healthy. That's just what they're telling me. There's a chance. Yeah. And it's really great that Mitch brings that up, too, because a lot of these backup quarterback situations have been in flux throughout camp. Now we know who the, the backups are. Even if Burrow does come back, Mitch, week one, you want to protect your Joe Burrow investment. And I'm sure there's a couple other quarterbacks in that same boat. And we'll talk about that in Dynasty Theory Discord. Final thoughts. And that was dragging. I was like, all right. All right, Dan, for the 216th time, because Mitch is a man on a tight schedule, what do you got for our listeners? Just sharing the shameless plugs, man. Get the one of one. Coach Dan Funko, if you missed it at the beginning of the show. And, hey, home draft league's coming up, man. Get your fantasy guide, football diehards. I'm in there. I give some analysis. The rankings are like already outdated, <laughs> but the article is still good. All right. So fantasy diehards and you're one of one Funko. All right. We're not going to waste any time. Mitch, go take care of what you got to take care of. For Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. Hopefully you all enjoyed the show. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Peace.